You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. Proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. LFG-Oz.com.au Or you could visit their store in Canberra. It's in the ACT. For all your board gaming needs. And now, on with the show. Here we are, Garth. We are back in the studio. It seems like we just walked out, but you and I are back in here for episode 357 of The Dice Men Cometh. And if you've just joined us right at the tail end of our ninth year, about to start our 10th year of podcasting, we are an Australian-based board game podcast talking about games you can play on, over, around, under, beneath, beside... Sometimes Betwixt and between yeah. a table. Correct. Uh, and look, we don't have any time to waste, Garth, because as usual, we've got so much to pack into tonight's episode. Well, we've just come back from Albury, which is interstate, and oh boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> uh, so yes, 357 episodes. This is guaranteed to be one of the top 357, as I can assure you, Mark, and all the listeners. We don't have any more time to go into who we are, what we are, and why we do it. That's We're just right. going to go straight into a review so we better take a super quick break, we'll come back, and then we'll talk about a game that we played. With the Dice Man coming. I'm Eileen. Hey, I'm Ron. And, and we, we love, love listening, listening to, to the, the Dice Man Cometh. Let's be honest, apart from the normal ones... I love taking Eileen out to the backyard, lighting the fire in the chimney in the cold of night, don't I? Yes. And we grab a drink and listen to their Patreon podcast. Two hours plus. Oh, you've got to do it. It's amazing. <laughs> the Dice Man Cometh. All right. We are back and no time to muck around. But before I throw to you, Garth. Yes. For our lightning quick review of a game that was... Spoiler alert, a smash hit at BorderCon. <laughs> we have to mention our book competition. It's gone viral. It's gone worldwide. We're talking about the book by James Wallace, Everybody Wins, Four Decades of the Greatest Board Gamers Ever Made. It's about the Spiel des Jahres, the 40-year history of the Spiel des Jahres. James Wallace, a board game historian that I interviewed in episode 355. And if you want to know how to enter... All you need to do is to go to the official competition post on Facebook. You can find all the details there. I'm not going to say any more. But it's good little tip to know that our email address is dicemencometh at gmail.com. That it is. Dicemencometh at gmail.com. That's right. Now, Garth, though, we don't have a lot of time in this episode because it's jam-packed as usual, stuffing out of the edges, leaking over the sides. You've got a little game review for us. Well, if there was an episode where one was we had no content Mm -hmm. and ten was we had too much content, where do you think this episode would fall? 9.7. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now, I could use all the available time to talk about the theme of this remarkable (laughs) game that we're going to uh, review, but there is no theme. (laughs) Well, Sorry, no, there's unicorns and poo. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's the theme. Okay, good. The theme is there's now. unicorns and poo. Uh, the game we're talking about is Top 10. Last year, this was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres. It was. About 12 months ago, oddly mm. enough. Uh, this is a party game for between four to nine players, and the rulebook says 14 plus. 
I say, nay, it is not at all for 14 plus. Uh, you could play this for pretty much any kids of any age, I dare say, as long as you tailor it appropriately. Exactly right. Well, I think we had someone potentially younger than 14 play, but again, you know, it's up to the people involved to tailor the content to the audience they've got. Correct. So this little party game is a cooperative game where all players are on the same team. Uh, you're going to start by shuffling up the cards of which there is a substantial deck. You're going to remove five of them and they're going to be your five theme cards for this particular round. You're going to get as many poop tokens, or for those of you playing at home, poo tokens. Poo. Uh, so if you're playing with a six-person game, you might have six poo tokens, for example. Uh, they are essentially going to be your timer. Uh, you need to successfully get through the five rounds before you run out of that number of poo tokens. Mm -hmm. Now, the funniest player will then take on the role of the Captain, spelt C-A-P-T-E-N, <laughs> because it's top 10 uh, for the first round, um, or just use randomly. That's all fine with us. So the level of complexity that this game has has already been explained to you in the introduction. Pretty much. How, uh, because... Each of these cards will give you a question such as recommend a board game for a new gamer from the most fun to the hardest to learn. Now, what you're then going to do as the captain is you're going to secretly look at one of 10 cards that have been shuffled out to the, um, to the size of the group. So again, if we've got seven players, you're going to shuffle those 10 face down cards, which are just numbered one through to 10. You'll hand one out to each of the players. They keep it secret, keep it safe. You put the rest of them under the poop tokens or just somewhere that you cannot see what those cards are. Mm -hmm. You'll then say that particular question and let's just change it. For a million dollars, you have to swim through a pool of from number one being the best substance you can think of to number 10 being the worst substance you can think of. So I, as the captain, will look at that particular card that I've got and I've got a three. Mm. So I've got to somehow provide a clue that is going to say what my substance is that I have to swim through. And even though I'm going to be the one who's guessing the order, I need to set the tone for where it is. So I don't know, Mark, if you had to swim through something for a million dollars and you got card number three, which was remembering one is best and 10 is worst, what would you potentially want to swim through? Oh, maybe some relatively soft chocolate that was tasty. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. But maybe dark chocolate with a hint of chilli in it, though. <laughs> so a little bit spicy. Um, you know, you might say something like, uh, where do babies come from? Um, one being the most accurate way that babies come from, through to number 10 being the worst and the most inaccurate way or bad yeah. parenting style. So all you're going to do is you're going to read this card out, as the captain, you're going to go first and, and provide potentially a bit of a stepping stone for where this game actually starts or this particular count of 10. You'll then go around the table once with all the available players. They will say something that hopefully then allows you as the captain to have a bit of an indication of where on the scale of 1 to 10 they fit. When it gets back around to you, you have to start guessing people from 1 through to 10. Now, you might go along because someone might say something that's clearly the most extreme. And you go, okay, clearly that's where I'm going to start. And you'll say, can you flip over the card? And they flip over a one. It's like, hey, everybody's going, we're doing well. 
Then you go, okay, well, I was pretty sure that this other person, they said something that was horrible, but it wasn't quite as horrible as that particular player, so I'll choose them, and they flip it over, and it's two, and it's, hey, that's so good. <laughs> uh, then you go, okay, well, I'm a bit... You know, what's the difference between a three and a four? You know, it's open to interpretation. Yes. Um, so you say, okay, Mark, I've chosen you. You flip it over and it's a five. It's like, oh my God. The round's not over. That's fine. Um, but you've got to keep going, remembering that you're going to have to find those remaining numbers because the only way a round is going to end is if you've revealed all the cards, theoretically kind of in the right order to get to, to 10. But we'll, we'll get to how it works then. So Mark, we're out of whack. I can do one of two things as the captain. One is I can try and keep going and go, okay, well, what's the next one above from Mark? So I got a bit wrong there. So I know I've missed a number or two, but I think the one after Mark was, was this player. So they flip it over and it's the next one. Hey, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But then I get to eight or nine and I've still got to go back and, and get this, let's say a number four that I, I missed before. And I go, okay, well, now's the time I'm going to try and find it. And I go, clearly, Trent, yours was the option that I missed. So I think you're, you're the next one. You flip it over. Hopefully, I'm right. And it is that lower number mm. now because the counting has gone one through to seven or eight. And then it's gone back. Every time it goes back, it costs you a poo token. Mm. And that's where these poo tokens are the timer with which you need to, I guess, succeed the five rounds before they run out. Yes. Uh, so there is this little, 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 little bit of strategy that you will want to um, sort of engage in this particular game. But it's really no more complicated than that. That's right. The round will end once you've revealed all the cards that um, each of the players have, as long as there are still poo tokens left available to use. And it's not the end of the fifth round. You just move one spot to the left. The next yep. player takes on the role of captain, draws a theme card, Ran around and then they go after they've dealt out those 10 cards. And that is the game. And there is only a very slight added complexity in the fact that depending on how many players, you're dealing out up to nine of the 10 cards and you don't know what the face down card is. So as you said, in that example, you might go one, two, five. If you're playing with eight players, it could be that three and four were the not revealed cards. Correct. And that why that's why you struggled to identify oh, what's the next one because there was a bit of a jump. Of course... It might just be that someone's played, you know, <laughs> not been really clever in their choice, or it's really hard to distinguish. But apart from that, that is it. And it should be said that not all these questions are name a thing or state a thing. Some of them are miming or acting. And we had some very, very, very hilarious examples of this at BorderCon where we played this game. We certainly did, and, and it certainly helped that typically this game was played from probably 10pm mm. to 2am in the morning. So everyone had already done their heavy games and their big long games for the for the day, and they were just happy to have a good fun time. There'd certainly been a few beverages of the adult variety <laughs> had by them by certain players, and certainly plenty that hadn't. Yes. And they were just there for the, for the love of gaming. But this is where the 14-plus side of it is really up to the discretion of the people playing. Yeah. Because you can easily make up clues once you've got an understanding of the basic theme, which is you really want to say a thing that is one extreme to the other. Um, whether you're playing it with really young kids or whether you're playing it with adults, it doesn't really matter as long as everyone understands the concept of one extreme is the best or the worst, and the other extreme is the other one of those. And that, then that's fine. And I, I was going to say, Garth, I think one of the great things about this game is, you know, sometimes these party games where maybe you've got to act or you've got to little, be a little bit extroverted. Sometimes people in the gaming community, they don't naturally lean that way. Yeah. But the great thing I found about this game is 
each card has four choices of activity. So, you know, one might be an acting, one might be just say a word or say a, a sentence or something. So you've got a choice there knowing your audience, but also you can start off slow with maybe one where you just got to say a word and then slowly go into the more dramatic ones. And I think we found that out uh, the first time, particularly I played it, there was one person there who wasn't really excited about maybe acting or miming, but by the time we'd had a couple of rounds, they just got right into it and they absolutely had a ball. Yeah, well, we had versions where, you know, you had to act as a, I think, a waiter mm-hmm. delivering a bottle of wine yes. to a particular person. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it had to be the worst or the best waiter, depending mm-hmm. on what your number had. Or um, describe um, something along the lines of what you would wipe your posterior with. <laughs> From best and most comfortable to the least comfortable. So obviously someone was wiping a posterior with cactus and all of those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, and uh, the one I remember is you, know, you had to act out the finish of the London Marathon between one where you basically, you know, you're totally out of shape and then 10 where it's just like a walk in the park. And some of the things that people did there were quite hilarious. And again, you know, look, it's a, it's a really simple concept. I remember when we talked about this game last year in the Spiel and I think... All we knew about it was what we read. We imagined it to be sort of quite oh, similar to Wavelength. We, we poo-pooed it. <laughs> we used two of those tokens. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess we said, well, it's sort of Wavelength-ish. Yeah, it'd be a bit of fun. Oh, boy. Well, we are two on the fun scale when really this game is much closer to a 10. Yeah, it's, it's, it joins that relatively long list of games that you read the description of and you go, why is this fun? And I think Codenames fell into that category the yes. first time I, I've yes. read that. I read about Codenames as well. So that's pretty good calibre. Um, yeah, it played brilliantly every single time. Was In terms of number of games played, it was mm-hmm. at the top of the list for me, basically because you play and then you go, let's go again, and then you play and let's go again, and let's go again. And, and that was great. The challenge is finding an English version yes. of this because it doesn't seem to exist just yet. We were very lucky and very thankful to good friends of ours, Craig and Renee, who both had individual copies um, that was one was in Spanish, and thankfully Renee is an absolutely fluent Spanish uh, reader and writer and speaker, and he was able to act as a translator for those of us. And Craig had done some work translating French cards into English, and that certainly helped. So thank you to both of you gentlemen for for your assistance in uh, making sure that fun was had by all. It it certainly was. I think it was, well, I don't want to spoil our future BorderCon episode, but let's just say, you know, definitely... The number of games we played, it was definitely a highlight. I've known, I've seen people still talking about it on Facebook in the last couple of days. There were tears of laughter being had around the table. And something simple like, what was the one about farts? (laughs) You know, something about the smallest, most delicate little fart through to the most serious, horrendous fart, but it was a miming activity. Yes. So the person next to you, you're sitting in an office or you're sitting in whatever, and the person next to you drops a fart. Uh, From one being... The smallest, delicate, you know, hardly noticed fart through to number 10. It's basically a shart. Um, How do you act? Uh, Yes. And, you know, from we basically had from slight flaring of the nostrils to was actually me fell off my chair and died. (laughs) Uh, Didn't didn't quite hurt myself, but it was a bit dicey there for a moment. So look, top 10, uh, designed by Aurelien Piccolet. Mm. Uh, it is highly, highly, highly recommended Absolutely. by us. If and when you do find an English version, that's great. But in saying that, if you've got some poker chips mm. to act as poo tokens and you happen to have 10 cards that are numbered 1 through to 10, and you can think of some questions where there's one extreme to another, 
You could probably play it right now. Mm. Anyway, hopefully there'll be lots of English versions. It shouldn't be too expensive when it comes out because, as you said, there's hardly anything to it. It's a lot of fun. We had a ball. Garth, we can't muck around. We've got to get to a break and come back with all the exciting BorderCon content. All right, well, let's get to it. You with the Dice Man Cometh. Oh, yes. wonderful here. Welcome back. How are you, Bull? Oh, I'm going really well, thanks, Tony. But uh, I'm a bit worried about these uh, these West Indies. They're not doing really well here, and I think they're going to have to uh, buy a wicket if they keep going like this for much longer. Well, I'm going to drop the accent because it's going to go down all <laughs> kinds of bad. But have I got a thematic game for you that celebrates cricket in an abstract way without pushing away people who don't know the sport? Oh, we don't want to do that. No. This game which is an Aussie-designed card game by Seabrook Studios, yeah, by Ryan, is called Ten Wickets. Now, I know, Bill, that apart from pigeons, you are all about the art. Oh, I'm all about the art, I'm all about the cards, I'm all about cricket. This, about cricket. this game features art of not your favourite players, because they are abstractions of players, but art of all different characters, all different qualities. You've got your, your openers, you've got your middle order, you've got your tail enders, and you've even got your all-rounder. Oh, I didn't know I was a famous uh, opener once. Oh, really? Yes, Garth, That's yes. That's fantastic. So, look, the joy of this game is that, as you alluded to at the start, you might have to buy a wicket oh, yeah. in this uh, particular game. So, the, the nature of it is the more you spend, the more you're helping your opponent by scoring. And the good thing is... This is a two-player game, which is exactly what cricket is. Oh, yeah. So you've got to be really economical with the number of runs that you're willing to give away, as well as really wanting to claim the wickets that you need to make sure that at the end of the game, you have taken your... Ten wickets! That's right. That's right. How's that? I've got got him. Yes. Oh, my God. This just reminds (laughs) so much of my childhood. So there is a really flexible bidding system that lets you bid up. It leads you a bit down. It lets you reshape your hand. And it gives you lots of agency over your game, the team that you're trying to amass, and ultimately the score that you're trying to get, which is going to be how you, Mark, came close to winning some games. <laughs> well, that's right. You don't want to take, you don't want to take one, one wicket. You want to take chew, 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 and then another chew. Oh, God. So, look, bidding up by a higher amount than you prefer to reduce the number of cards used can be a really good way to work, Um, but also using good ball tokens. Now, everyone needs some good ball tokens from time to time, but using those and bidding high to reserve a card knowing that it reduces your flexibility. So you've really got to make sure that you're using the available information, you're using those good ball tokens, which are just bidding by up or down by 10, because the game will end 
quite quickly. Oh, what a good ball that was. Just, just about got him. Well, those tail enders, they, they don't hold the forward as much as your, your middle order or your openers, that's for sure. Oh, is that right? Oh, they don't stay around for long, that's for sure. So, look, you've really got to keep an eye on what your own team is doing and the wickets you're taking, but you've also got to keep a really strong eye on the opponent because manoeuvring your opponent into being forced to take a wicket will free up a spot. Now, there's a bit of tableau building in this because you can't have a team full of all-rounders. You can't have a team of opening batsmen, so you can only take a couple of different uh, wickets of each category. So you can only take a couple of openers because, lo and behold, there's only two of them. Only uh, <laughs> only two openers. Oh, uh... that's, that's perfect there, Richie or Bill or Tony. I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Um, but the good thing is you want to make sure that you've taken the full complement. So you want to have your, your openers, your middle orders, your, you know, your all-rounders and your, and your tail-enders because you get rewarded for the diversity of the sets that you've collected. So that's a really important part of making sure that your team ends up with the winning score. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the great thing is the natural quickening of the game as the lower cards are used makes successful bids. They're removed from the game as well, which leaves you with only higher cards in the supply. And this means that you're going to be bidding more runs for those cards and makes your score go potentially cuckoo. Now, Mark, we've played several times and scores have been 200, 300. They've been just one-day scores. They've been 2020 scores. They've been everywhere in between. So this is a game for people who love their cricket, but also for those who don't, because it's this two-way little sort of tussle between the good guys, me, <laughs> bad guys, you, all trying to get your 10 wickets. Yes, it was marvellous. And the scores are well over 200, I think, Garth. Wow, that's excellent. So look, I really encourage you to support this uh, Kickstarter. It's going live on not the 22th of June, but the 20th of June, which is not too far away. Oh, Garth, uh, it's a... Uh, Tuesday, the 20th, the 20, Tuesday. Jump onto Kickstarter, have a look at Kickstarter and go to 10 Wickets by Seabrook Studios. Um, you can actually go in and be notified of the launch if you do happen to listen to this before the 20th. Um, support Australian games, support cricket, and uh, support the Dice Men supporting all of those things. Oh, that's great work by Little Aussie Studio. He's going to come out batting, he's going to knock it for six. Oh, my goodness, Tony Greg, you'll never see anything like it. So there you go. He's got him, yes. He's played 10 wickets. We really like it. Go on and check it out on Kickstarter from the 20th of June. That's 10 wickets. Welcome back. We have just come back from the best four days of board gaming on the border called BorderCon. And surprisingly, being us, we had a microphone with us. So we are about to throw to several minutes of some chats with attendees, some chats with designers who happened to be there, who were also attendees, the organising committee, and uh, the thoughts of a few people, potentially someone named Garth and Mark and Leon, at the start and at the end of BorderCon. So push a button. We'll come back after that. Here's the interviews. So it's half past midnight. I was going to say Thursday, but it's obviously now for a very early Friday morning here at the start of BorderCon. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're here in our hotel room having just finished up a bit of a friend's night with some car light card games. First in the pub, then in BorderCon venue, and then back in our room. A few light little card games. Leon, what did you think of those? 
Oh yeah, some ones we've played before, a couple of new ones. All of them kind of hit the spot, all relatively, all relatively light. But I'm looking forward to getting, I'd like to say a good kip, but probably not. <laughs> and getting stuck into some of the heavier stuff tomorrow when it officially begins. Begins, you yeah, say? Yeah, begins, mate. Yeah, well, look, I mean, it was always nice to have uh, a bit of a catch-up with some friends that we don't see for 11 months and 29 days or mm. whatever it is in a row, so it was great mm -hmm. to see them. And look, we, we got to play Fuji Flush. That was fun. Uh, although, did you guys both win or did one of you win? I won. I no, certainly didn't win. I came me. a long way from winning, so... I did a big win. Yeah, you did? I did. Uh, and then we played Belratty, and Belratty is... It's just awesome. I know we've talked about it in the past, and we've talked about it getting reprinted. Yeah. And then apparently it has got reprinted, and I want a copy. And yeah. that's all I have to say about that, because yeah, it's a great game. I think that might overtake me going on about um, Quantum as a game. That God, I wish more people owned it and played it. <laughs> Bell Ratty's in that... But the Bell Ratty's a tiny game you could sell for like 30 bucks. And outside of the Queensland boys that taught it to us, I literally don't think I've ever heard anybody ever talk about it. And it's so damn good. And we played uh, another German card game, Stickeln, or Stickem. Correct. Uh, in the commercial club, was it? Around the table there, which... That's a great game. Love, like it, those... love the game. Look, I mean, you know, anyone who can walk out of the commercial club saying they've won the very first game of Bordercon, <laughs> um, which I guess only one who, of us can who say... Could, who could do that, Leon? Uh, I, I lasted one round. Yes. It was it was too hot in that place. <laughs> and I was wearing pants, which is... I, other than, other than <laughs> going to work, I don't normally wear pants. I'm a shortsman, <laughs> year-round. Yes. So I had to get out of there and go uh, whip me shorts on. Listeners, Leon still does have his pants on, even though they are shorts. Yes, yes. For our British listener, that, yes. <laughs> And we also played a little game that probably no one in the hobby has heard of yet, which is called Next Station London. Mm. Because it's only up for a little award mm. called the Spiel des Jahres by a little-known Aussie designer called one Matthew Dunstan. Mm. Now, Leon, yeah. were you able to colour in within the lines? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I must admit I didn't quite understand the rules. Yeah. And um, it was getting to the point of kick-out time on the... <laughs> On the pre-con of BorderCon, so I just uh, I just wrote some obscenities on my sheet by the end of it, <laughs> and uh, I will probably play it correctly over the weekend at some point, or at least play it. Yeah, instead I, of just doing doodles. On yes, a and doing every move correct incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. Well, already for me, controversially, I cannot figure how that game, Next Station London, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, Next stop. Next stop, London. No, next station. Is it? Yes. Okay, well, connecting connecting station. Matt, Matt Dunson's London drawing game. Um, I quite liked it, although I, although I did win, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, it was like me. It was fun and light, but compared to challenges, which at the moment I've only played on board game arena, but there, with challenges there is hardly a game there. You're building a deck, and then basically, you just literally flip cards over with no hardly any control at all i cannot see how challenges is nominated for the kenner spiel and next stop london is nominated for the spiel i feel like they should absolutely be the other way around um but yeah i i thought that actually was a real winner with its little simple cards it comes in a little package next stop next stop london i'm really keen to try it again yeah that's next station london it is next station, London. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know. There you go. Well, it is. 
Um, I'm not getting off at London either way. Yeah. Well, you should. London's really cool. Yeah? Yeah, I've been there like for, for a lot of times. Um, but look, uh, on that note, mm. we need to go to bed. Mm. Because we've got a game of Darwin's Journey uh, organised for 9am in the morning, which is like not very far away. And no. before that, we've got a game of Breakfast Journey. Yes, yeah, which could take much, which could take much longer than Darwin's journey, unfortunately. Yeah. I do like the rules though, like oh. the BLT rules and the ham and cheese sandwich <laughs> rules, and maybe the, the pancake steak with maple syrup rules. No, I'm going to brush. As long as I can get coffee in the first round, um, I'm happy. Oh, you'd be very lucky. Oh, yeah. First round, Leon's going to get a hot chocolate. We know that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm going to go brush my teeth. Buddy. All right, we better sign off. Uh, this is uh, the Dice reporting from day zero of Bordecon, and we will speak to you tomorrow when we're all fresh as daisies. And the bathroom door is still broken after six years. Good afternoon, evening-ish, everybody. It is day one officially of Bordecon. The Dicemen have been around doing the mingling, the hugging, and, you know, all that whatnot, and we've been playing lots of games, have we not, lads? Have we ever. We sure got through a few. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting day, actually, because we've done a bit of heavy stuff and a bit of light party stuff. Um, probably the heaviest game was uh, the final of the Kennishfield games that we had to play, which was definitely <laughs> Challengers. Yeah. Uh, a little auto fighter game where you absolutely have all the agency and real decisions matter in this oh game. I think goodness. we can all agree yeah. that that game is probably more a Kinderspiel game yeah. than, a, than a Kenner. Yeah, a little bit. I uh, feel like the universe is turned on its head, though. Because Leon oh, yes. won Darwin's Journey. Oh, yes. And I won the camel racing game. <laughs> What's going on there? I don't know. And, and I debate I didn't win Darwin's Journey. I, I, I debate that I annihilated Darwin's Journey. Yeah. It was an absolute <laughs> thrashing of Live evolutionary proportions. Live it up. Uh, yes. And there's yeah, a few other little card games that have gone throughout the day, but it's been a very enjoyable day. Yeah, look, There's I think no we break. just had a really great little session with Craig, one of our Patreons, who had yeah. a bunch of trick-taking games, including at least one he designed himself. Yeah, which, which was really surprisingly cool. good. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, we've met so many, many, many of our Patreons, which mm. is lovely. They're all our, always our favourite people because they give us all the money. Thank you very much. Plug, 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 plug. We <laughs> even, I even got asked to autograph Bonanza Box, yeah. which obviously you, you didn't know. Bonanza, did. one of my favourite favourite games. You yeah. never talk about it, though. No, luckily. luckily <laughs> only only on the special episodes. <laughs> yes. Like I said, thing to do. And then uh, after dinner, which we're all going for a lovely uh, uh, curry dinner with uh, 13 other of our friends. Wow. And then Mark and I are going to be playing a little game called Obsession because... We just can't get enough of that Downton Abbey feel. Oh, that's right. Some Regency courting and renovations. Uh-huh. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's not going to be playing Obsession, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Because it just looks all a bit boring to me. Oh, the theme looks horrendous, but apparently the game is really, really good. So we shall see how we go. Go and sign up for Hadrian's Wall or something. No. Oh, God. <laughs> no. I will actually see what's going on, but it's Friday night. I'm sure there'll be some fun games going on. I'm happy to not do something too heavy, because um, you guys will be there till Mark's bedtime of one one thirty. <laughs> no, no, no. We will be here till late, and then God knows playing. We may even check in at the end of the night. We'll see how it goes. We will so, look, We are three quarters through day one of BorderCon, officially. 
Uh, there's a pretty good little charity wall going up here mm. for the raffle. Mm. There are some big, big, big boxes and there are some big, big games there. And uh, Leon, what are you most excited to win? Oh, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on that Witcher board game because I'm a big fan of the old video game and even the TV show. And the first couple of board games they tried to make were a bit blah, apparently, <laughs> whereas this new one is a bit of all right. And it's all up there with its Kickstarter exclusives. Correct. So I'd quite like well, to get my hands on surely it. Surely the pick of the raffle is the Border Monopoly. Oh, yeah. Well, donated you, you, by us. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Anymore. I don't think it was us. It was you <laughs> that personally chose to, to donate that. So, Mark, are you going to pick that one up yourself? Or are you uh, no, no. I'll let that else? go to, to a local, I think. Yeah. Look, the, the scythe package looks pretty good. I cannot believe there's a Kickstarter copy of the of U-Boot. U-Boot. With everything. Amazing. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. But there is also the Everdell Collector's Edition, oh, no. which I think is like a $500 game. Yeah. So if, I, if that doesn't go first or second, I'll be very, very surprised. Yeah. But um, we shall see on the Sunday and let you all know. go and buy some raffle tickets. All right, yeah. let's go buy some raffle tickets and then Leon will be organised dinner. I can't remember. Oh, you'd be shocked <laughs> to know that I have indeed. So yes, let's go get a curry and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. So I'm very excited at BorderCon. I'm here with Ben and Jerry to find out about their latest ice cream flavour. Is that right? No, you're Jenny. It's Ben and Jenny. I'm so sorry. I'm so stupid. Garth's going to hit me for that one. But I'm here with Ben and Jenny. They are the new organisers of the CanCon board game library. Very exciting. Tell us what's coming up. Well, it's not this year because this year's already been next year with CanCon and the board game library. Oh, we'd love people to come along to CanCon. Uh, we're going to have all the newest games, things like Heat, and... You can't even think of all the new games, no, can you? there's just so many. There's so many, there's and they're so, all awesome. There's so many new games where Good Games Publishing uh, really helps us out, and oh, so we're, we're looking to work with them and all the latest games you can come and, and play from Charles 9 to midnight. Charles at LFG gives us some games. Yep. Oh, good, Charles good is friend. amazing. Yeah, He's yeah. Good friends of Charles. VR Publishing has been helping us out with games as well. Oh, so fantastic. We're going to have all the new ones come down. And so, obviously, you know, you're going to have the new games, you're going to have all the same friendly faces that help and volunteer in yourselves. Mm-hmm. And has the, has the size changed? Has anything else changed? Or, or can people rely on it? It's going to be pretty similar to what it has been in previous years. It's going to be pretty similar. We've got about 600 tables. Wow. And uh, we usually fill those up. So it's really easy to find a game. We've got a number of great players that come and teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to learn some of those those hard games that you haven't quite got round to, yeah. or you just want to have a light game and you know enjoy a great game of something like Blood on the Cock Power, those kind of things are running as well. Fantastic. And we get a few people who are in the process of designing their games. Yes. So if you want to come and test some out before they even hit the shelves. Yeah, I've heard a certain uh, Mr. Wallace who yes. uh, may have designed a game that you've heard of, uh, Brass. Yes. You know, he, he'll be there with something that's not yet released. Well, Garth and I actually played the prototype oh. of Anno 1800 yeah. at CanCon. I think that was CanCon 2020 with Martin yeah. before that was released. At the time, we were like, this is a really good game. And, of course, it's just gone on to be brilliant. But so Martin's there, other designers, yep. and the local designers, local like designers. Tegan, yeah. go along, they'll have their prototypes there. Yeah. Uh, Kim, like Kim from Good Games, yes. you'll often find the biggest hit that's coming out from Good Games. Mm. Yeah, it'll be prototyped at CanCon. So, so you if you want, you want the bragging rights, yeah. when it comes out, 
and everyone thinks it's the new hotness, you can say, I helped with that. There you go. Fantastic. Look, it sounds like the place to be. Now, here we've got some exciting news because we're talking about a competition where are we giving some things away? That's right. You guys are going to be able to give away four tickets to CanCon. So oh, that's amazing. Full weekend pass. Uh, we'd love some Dice Man listeners to come along and enjoy CanCon. Brilliant. Yeah. January, Canberra. Love it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking time away from the gaming table today. Also, thank you for teaching us side of confluence that I won, which was fantastic. By one point. One uh, point. Ah, <laughs> Look. Beating Garth by one point is just the finest victory ever. That's all I've got to say. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your BorderCon. Thank you so much for your time, Ben and Thanks Jamie. Thanks so much, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. We love the Dustman. Thank you. Bye. All right. I'm very excited because I'm here in a dark passageway <laughs> with uh, two shade-looking characters, but they are the winners of the Dustman Cometh BorderCon competition won the tickets, they made all the arrangements to get here. We've just finished playing a game of Sagrada with them. Firstly, tell everyone about your BorderCon experience so far, Ron and Eileen. Oh, I've been having a great time. Um, it's my first time and, well, we've met so many people mm -hmm. and played so many games, stayed up really late, got up really early. Yeah. And it's been great, just great. Yeah, for me, it, it, this this con's nothing like I've ever been to before. Um, the people are generous but knowledgeable. I'm, I'm sitting here with designers, people who have been coming here since 2003 at the beginning and there's this sense of warmth and everything going around and knowledge of games, but everybody's just wonderful, like helpful, want to talk, there's charity in here. It's just got a great feel. Yeah, that's right, and a lot of people say to us, oh, you're always going on about Bordercon, 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 but now you've been here, you can just see how special it is. It's like nothing else in the Australian board gaming calendar. I guess the most important question is, do you think you'll come back? Definitely. Oh, yeah, we had a chat, and the first thing we're doing is we're going to fill in the form here that says that we're returning next year, <laughs> and then we've got to work out how. Now, we looked at Neil, we talked to Neil, we know we have to do it the proper way in February, and we will be yep. there waiting. Yes. Fantastic. And I guess, look, what's been your highlight of BorderCon so far, Eileen, if you had to pick one? Mm. Um, I liked playing, what was our last game? Not Sagrada. You mean Grand Austria Hotel, yes. which was yeah. the thing? Yes, I enjoyed that one. Fantastic. Very good. And Ron, what about you? I, I got to play the Dice Men, but I lost. <laughs> so that was a bit of a pain. But I learned how to teach by somebody on Grand Austria Hotel. Awesome. I've never been taught like that in yep. a game. And now I want to watch a movie because of it. <laughs> <laughs> Hotel Budapest. Yes. There you go. Thank you, Norkel. There you go. <laughs> Norkel is a legend, that's for sure. Mm. Any parting words? Thank you for letting us come. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. For me, uh, you've opened my eyes to a con that I've never, ever known about. Yep. I've heard about, but how would you ever find the time over a whole long weekend to give up work, do yep. things? I'm already planning how do I find time for the next 10 years to try to come here. Done. <laughs> thank you. Well, look, thank you. Thank you both, firstly, for being able to come, for playing Sagrada with us. That was awesome. But also... Uh, you're a Patreon supporter, Ron, which is, of course, 
why you got bonus entries for the competition, which gave you an extra chance to win. So thank you so much for your support as a Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. We're so glad you've had a great time. And look, it's not over yet. Uh, go and get some more games in. We will. Thank you. <laughs> it's the Sunday of BorderCon. It's the Monday of BorderCon. Days are hard. They are, particularly when you've been out it for so long. Anyway, things are winding down. People are getting ready to hit the road. And I thought I'd take an opportunity to speak to, well, he's an interloper. Because as we know, you know, the BorderCon, it's the Diceman's traditional convention. Myself, this is my ninth year of coming. And we've got someone who's never been before. And I think he may have something to do with a podcast or something. Sir, can I have a word? You, you absolutely may. You've dragged me away from a game very rudely to talk to me. Um, so I'm going to grace you with a moment of my time. Thank you so much. It's Mike from the Board Game Barbecue podcast. Arguably the most useful person on that podcast. Uh, I, I agree. Absolutely. And, and Mike, <laughs> this is your first BorderCon. And in fact... Board Game Barbecue's first board of yes. So as the one and only representative who bothered to make it here, describe your experience of BorderCon for us. It's been fantastic. It's, um, I get the vibe like, when I went to Gen Con last year, I spoke to so many people who sp spoke about living across country from each other and they've made all these friends or they lived together with friends and now moved apart. Anna was there one time per year to get together and see their friends, even regardless of the board games. Yep. Like, surprisingly, even for some of the people, I feel the board games still come second because uh, I was having a chat with good old Craig, who I've met here, who's a really awesome bloke, and he said, mate, I love coming here because I always feel like I'm walking into family. It yes. feels like a big, warm hug walking in, and that's a vibe I got straight away. I could see everyone having that wonderful vibe. Um, everyone's been really welcoming. I've played really fun, really new games with so many new people. I've met lots of awesome people um, who sort of share my sort of, you know, yep. trashy table talk and shenanigans, and it's just been an absolute blast. It's been Fan great. Fantastic, Mike. And so in terms of games, what do you think your highlight of BorderCon has been? I love my party games. It's yes. always been a big highlight for me. And I played, oh, I'm going to brutalise the name again, Baratti? Baratti is oh, a Bell game. Belratty. Belratty. Yes. It was an excellent yes. game I've never heard of before. It brings those really fun vibes of working together and not wanting to give too much information away while trying to be cooperative. And last night with ourselves, I got to watch Mark himself fall off a chair um, <laughs> on purpose, but it was great, and have to get back up, uh, playing a game of top 10, yes. which was fantastic as well, and just full of laughs and just great times. Yeah, look, I have to say, so far I think my highlight is also top 10. Yeah. I played it actually about three times yesterday. Yeah. So much fun, almost my new favourite party game. Yeah. And I guess most importantly, Mike, will you be coming back next year? I'll absolutely be trying to come back next year. I've, I'm planning a wedding, Ooh. so the honeymoon may interrupt at some point, which hasn't been locked in yet. But Aubrey, was, it's a, a great place it for is a honeymoon. A, it is a great place for the honeymoon. I will request everyone to message my fiance and let her know that BorderCon is a great honeymoon spot, <laughs> and we'll see if we can make it work. Fantastic, and hopefully you can bring some of those other pesky barbecues along with you. I will try to drag them by the ears, absolutely. Brilliant, lovely to see you, Mike. I'm glad you enjoyed your first BorderCon. It's Con. been great seeing all three Diceman at once this time. Exactly. Take Fantastic. care, mate. Thank you. So it's Monday of BorderCon again, and I've managed to catch up with 
up-and-coming designer, but also first-time BorderCon attendee, Lee Parrott. Now, Lee, firstly, as a first-timer to BorderCon, what's your experience been like? It, well, if you asked me what day it was, I wouldn't have even been able to tell you that it was Monday. But it's, no, it's just been uh, epic. Like, I just can't believe you leave late at night, everyone's there, it's packed. You come back early at 10 a.m. the next morning and still everything's just still going. I know, if you closed your eyes, you, you might actually think that people hadn't left the room. I'm convinced no one <laughs> left the room ever, so... <laughs> And so that's as a, as a player though, but you, uh, as an up-and-coming board game designer, you've got an up-and-coming design called Grimwald that we, the three dice men and yourself, actually played yesterday. Firstly, just tell us, because uh, I don't think the listeners have heard about Grimwald up to now. I know it was at PAX last year and we didn't yep. get a chance to play it, so I'm very sorry about that. But yes. we have now. Um, tell us a little bit about Grimwald, where it is in the development cycle, and what's going to be happening, do you think? Yeah, so um, it's not a big secret what's happening with Grimwald, but yeah, just a, it's a prototype at the moment. And I guess, did you want to know the idea of the game? Oh, yeah, please yeah, tell yeah, us yeah, a little yeah. bit about it, yeah. So in Grimwald, you play as a fantasy character, and you're competing to be the, the greatest hero. Um, but instead of fighting monsters and you know going into a dungeon and all of that, it's actually more of a uh, pure Euro-style game where that combat's all abstracted out. Um, and act actually more just about getting all the resources, going back to town, and getting to spend all of that with a little bit of vying for control and bumping other people off and a little bit of uh, not, not much backstabbing so much, but just nudging people uh, if they're too far ahead like Garth was yes, last night. Also a little bit of engine building in terms of your you're levelling up your character, your character is getting more, uh, or having more abilities, having more powers. You said it's not a secret where, what it's up to, so what's happening with it at the moment? Oh, well, I think my plan has always been to get it to a publisher and get them to do the hard parts. Mm -hmm. So I'm... I'm at that point where I'm pretty happy with the design. It's yep. sort of minor tweaks from here on end. Um, Although, so you've now got about, what, oh. seven or eight changes to make I, based on the uh, yep. esteemed opinions of three guys. I, I noted down about 4,200 <laughs> ideas from the, from the game. Um, we'll see if one or two of them make the cut. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty happy about where the design's at, and my goal is just... Uh, get it across the line with a publisher and hopefully get it onto shelves in the next uh, year or two. Yeah, and I guess you don't know at this stage whether it's likely to be a Kickstarter, whether it's likely to go straight to retail. Yeah, it could be, could be anything. It's up to the publisher, a lot of those deci yep. decisions. And um, that's, you know, weight off my shoulders if I'm not making those decisions. Exactly. So. And finally, Lee, do you think we're going to see you back here at BorderCon? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think I'm signed up for the next five years. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Great to catch up. And thank you so much for uh, teaching us your game. We're really excited to see where it goes. We love to support up and coming designers here at the Dice Man Cometh, and particularly those that actually listen to our ideas. Even if they don't make it into the game, <laughs> we'll still be happy. Yep. There's uh, three more dice included in, in, every, in every game of Grimwald just because of the Dice Man. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lee. Have a safe trip home, and we'll see you again soon. Oh, thank you, Mark. Now, it's Monday at BorderCon. People are getting ready to go home, but I've bumped into 
very famous designer from the uh, ACT, Tegan Smith. Now, Tegan, hello. You're back at BorderCon because I know you've been here a few times. Yep. But So firstly, how has your BorderCon been? Uh, it's been great. It's been great. It's excellent to get back and spend. I'm here for the whole four days this time. Uh, last time I was only for three, so it's good to be able to spend the full time. Um, and it's been it's played lots of it's been lots of filler games, and lots of like party games. Yeah. Although I have contrasted that with a very long session of eighteen XX, oh so it's been a bit of uh, extremes. Now you've got some exciting news coming up about one of your designs. Yes. Want to fill the listeners in on what's happening there? Absolutely. So I have signed a game to a publisher called Tangerine Games. Brilliant. A game about Beatles. Uh, it's got quite a bit of development to go. It's going to be a couple of years before it's actually launching on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the company Tangerine Games does have a game launching in uh, on the 20th of June uh, called Nestlings, which I'd encourage you to check out. Ooh. It's a beautiful game about birds feeding their nestlings. Yeah. It's a lovely nature-themed game. Nature theme is sort of their, their thing. Yes. Uh, so that one's coming up, so very oh. excited about that. And, uh, yeah, mine will be a little bit further down the track, but okay. very exciting to get okay. us Okay, and, look, you know I'm always excited to hear about, like, what's that game of yours, Flicking Around Uranus? <laughs> Jump to Jupiter That's is technically yes. the name, yes. Yep. A- any news on that one? Because I, I loved it so much. <laughs> great, great to hear you loved it. I like that's personally that's my favourite yes. of my designs. Uh, I've pitched it a few different places. It was under consideration uh, with one publisher for mm-hmm. a little while. Didn't end up making the cut, so it's back with me and still p- pitching that one. So if anyone's interested in a dexterity strategy game and wants to publish one, uh, come chat to me. Brilliant, Tegan. We really hope that one goes well for you. Excited to hear about your Beetle game. What? Oh, I guess we don't know the name, but does. The publisher's going to come out uh, with a name. I mean, yeah, I suspect may, so. My working changes, my working title is an inordinate fondness for Beatles uh, because of a naturalist, JBS Haldane, who was asked that once uh, what what he knows about what he's learned about God through the study of his creations, and it was an, uh, that he has a um, an uh, inordinate fondness for Beatles. Fantastic, Look, Tegan. So glad you enjoyed BorderCon. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We'll be excited to hear how everything's happening with the upcoming games, but better go and get in your last few hours of BorderCon. Lovely to see you again. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I'm partway through my favourite game, awesome. Reef Encounter. So better get go. that finished. Cheers. See ya. I'm trying to catch up with a few people that I've missed over the weekend, but most importantly now, I've got a couple of minutes of very precious time with BorderCon organiser extraordinaire, the Grand Poobar of BorderCon, Neil... Now, Neil, I don't know about you, but I feel like it's been a great success. You want to give us the uh, the post-match report on BorderCon? Yeah, sure, mate. Very kind words. Thank you for that. Um, look, it's been amazing this year. Um, the numbers are up again, which is great. We had space for everyone. Um, the atmosphere in the rooms was amazing. Mm. Uh, we always say it's not about us. It's we just we just create the canvas, and the people come and they make it what it is. Yeah. Uh, the charity this year for Lifeline was incredible. We broke the record, $9,400. Yeah, amazing. Um, and the buzz in the room when we sat down to draw those prizes was incredible. Just smiling faces everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And that's well, what we want. You'll be happy to know that Dice Ben personally spent the most amount of money on the raffle ever. <laughs> and good. we won nothing. Yeah, that's how so, I like it. <laughs> but it's good to see the prizes get shared around. Yeah. The people that won our competition... Uh, Ron and Irene have had a fantastic time. Yes, they have. They won some uh, raffle prizes. 
uh, other supporters of the Dice Men won lots of prizes. So look, you know, we're leaving happy. And we like to share the love around. But any news about what's coming next year or also um, anything else you want to tell the Dice Men listeners who, I mean, you know, let's face it, we have raved about this con. You know, you've been so generous in your support with us and allowing us to give away tickets. It's always a, a competition that's uh, eagerly awaited. Yes. And what we've loved is to see, you know, we, we spoke to Ron and Irene last night. They can't wait to come back. They've had such the, yeah. best, uh, the best time. So anything else you want to share with the listeners maybe about what's upcoming? Thank you for all those kind words. Um, not really. It's got, we've, pre- we've got a final machine now. It, it sort of runs itself. But the big news this year is that we've now gained access to the large gaming room mm. for 24 hours because we had so many night hours this year. The small room was a bit tight. Sure so that's made a lot of people very happy. So, um, and do you think that'll be ongoing from now on? Oh, no doubt about that. Once once Jenna gave it the thumbs up, there's no doubt. So over 100 people now can easily can game all night long. And also, Neil, you talked about at the end of the raffle, you talked about a newsletter. Yeah, good call. Now, is the newsletter available for people who aren't here to sign up in the potential hope that maybe they can come along in the future? Yeah, no doubt about that. So we're going to start a Bordercon newsletter. It'll be a quarterly newsletter. Mm. Don't want to spam you guys too much. But it'll let you know exactly how the ticketing system works, um, any any amazing news for the coming year, and anybody is welcome to let us know and get on the, dis- the distribution list to be kept informed and hopefully get some new blood in and um, have a great time every oh, year. Oh, fantastic. Once um, we, we learn how people can get in touch to get on the newsletter list. We'll let the listeners know because we know everyone who comes here, they want to come back year after year after year. Of course, not everyone can come, but then people do things like go on holidays or get married or have children or whatever, situations change. So there is always, it might not be a lot, but there is always some slots opening up. So there is is hope for others to come. But in the meantime, Neil, I just want to say again, fantastic organization again this con is just so brilliant and it just i mean from a con that was already brilliant for it to get better and better each year i don't know how you do it you're too kind mark thanks mate and look everyone keep supporting the dice men they do a great job they're wonderful for our hobby and our industry um sign up patreon back them they're great thank you so much neil take care mate cheers buddy so it's monday the end of border con i'm sitting in a car with my two dice friends and just had a big weekend at BorderCon. Before we head back to the airport, we just thought we'd uh, record a couple of thoughts just to let you know as we're driving into the sunset. Obviously, we'll talk a lot more about it on our actual BorderCon episode. But Garth, yes, BorderCon, how was your BorderCon this year? It was long, it was fantastic. Uh, Getting here on the Thursday afternoon is 100% the way to do this con, I think, uh, because we were able to get in, say hello, maybe not help out set up um but we were there and and yeah look it's basically been thursday friday saturday sunday night and i may have got 15 hours sleep total over the four nights over the four nights (laughs) maybe and i'm driving and talking and uh things are good there you go and leon yes sir so tell us about your bodicon briefly Briefly, very similar to Young Garth's, except I had a few extra hours last night because uh, because my uh, 
my pain medications kind of threw me through a loop a little bit and also I had to punch out a copy of Frostpunk which you'll find out when we eventually talk about it in a few months has one of the worst boxes in modern board gaming history <laughs> uh, but other than that it has been a whale of a time as it always uh, too quick as it is always but I can't wait to hug and see the same people in a few months at PAX and or CanCon and or BorderCon in 362-ish days. Yeah, look, I mean, everyone that I spoke to at BorderCon, particularly if they had been before, just so excited to be back, so excited to see friends that we may have made from all around Australia who return every year when possible. Super excited to talk to Ron and Eileen, our competition winners. We just had the best time and sure as hell they're planning to come back next year. Yeah, as I was going to say that I've never, I don't think I've ever spoke to anyone that's been to BorderCon once that's kind of been, meh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Especially, like I said, our competition winners and a few other Patreons, you know who we are, we all love you. Ma, 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 ma. Um, yeah, everyone had an absolute blast and the enthusiasm of some of those newer people really helped bring out the weekend as it always does. Well, look, our, um, our two competition winners from last year... Jess and James, they were back again. Oh, they're just part of the they're part of the scenery That's now, just exactly like the rest of them, which right. is perfect. And look, maybe we do we're gonna obviously talk about it on the episode, but a quick highlight, Garth. Oh, I'd have to say Ricochet Robots. For sure not. Um, although I did play it longer than anyone else in the car. The surprise for me was hundred percent top ten. Yeah, probably for me as well. Top ten, uh, reading about it last year when it was Spiel nominated. One of those games, probably like Code Names, where you just don't understand why is this fun until you play it, yeah, and then uh, then you know. Leon, you can take it from there. Yeah, everyone basically said it's very similar to the game Wavelength, and we're like, well, Wavelength's really fun. That's there's you know, but we've still got Wavelength. Why do we need another game so similar? And then when you play it and you go, oh, there's definitely some similarities, but it's a completely different game and at a higher player count like Wavelength you could easily play with four and be happy but you get seven or eight or nine for top ten and preferably an English translating or as we have some lovely people that can speak fluent Spanish and you will have a whale of a time it's a belter I really hope for that English release now if possible and Leon was that your highlight uh it was my biggest surprise I think because we thought it was you know meh and then we played it and went oh actually grand stuff for me I don't know if I'll call it a highlight, but it certainly rates a mention. I'm going to blame those creeps on the Board Game Barbecue podcast for lulling me into a false sense of security about the game John Company, (laughs) second edition, which I sat down to at 9.30am one day and stood up from at 5.30pm on the same day. Let's just say it was an epic experience. I'm sure I'm going to talk about it more on the show. Those guys are certainly in my sights. I owe them for something, that's for sure. Yes, because you're never get the, going to get that time back again, Mark. And for someone like you, there's only so many hours left. Uh, but what, what else was there? I guess, you know, this is, like so many Border Cons, it's a mix of big, heavy games, lots of little light games, and a lot of surprises thrown out there. So it was wonderful to spend a fair bit of time with Craig Summerton. Yes. A uh, bit of time with Renee, uh, our normal stalwarts of the trick-taking fraternity. Um, and what I love, though, is not knowing as many people as I have in previous border cons and getting to make new friends. Yeah. Because there was definitely a lower percentage of long-time established people going there. Or maybe it's because there was just more people who were new and it didn't feel like it was 
as established? I don't know. There was certainly more excitement. And bloody hell, people stayed up late. Yes. More and more people stayed up late. So it's, it's actually triggered a change in how BorderCon operates. I've uh, got to give a shout out to our new friend uh, and the organiser of HumbugCon, which uh, you'll hear more about later on when we get more details about it. Liz Cole, she was up with us late last night playing party games. Great egg, fun person, you know, relatively new to the, uh, the hobby, still very enthusiastic, really enjoyed hanging out with her. Leon, anything else? Uh, we need to quickly mention, again, we will talk about it more in coming episodes, uh, a friend we met there, Ben, who's got a con coming up in a little while in Bendigo. So all of our Melbourne friends and anybody else that, you know, isn't necessarily just Tasmanian, get on to that as well. I think they've got a room of about 100, 120. Doing that for a solid weekend would be an absolute blast. Is it called Ben Ben Con? No, it's called like the, it's called like the Big Weekend. I'm sure you'll be able to find us if you do some Googling of board game events in Australia slash Melbourne. But we will talk about it more on the show in future episodes. I'm going to sleep now. All right, time for Garth to get his eyes back on the road. We're going to head off to the airport and we'll uh, talk to you shortly in the regular episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Got to get my kebab. Bordercon, we love you. There you go. That was an expert recap of uh, four days at BorderCon. Obviously, we'll be talking about it more in depth in a future episode mm-hmm. when we talk to talk to you about more of the games we played. Um, but that was really good. It was lovely to see so many people that we hadn't seen for 12 months and sometimes longer. And, and obviously, the work that Neil and the committee do is just outstanding. So thank you very much. And uh, that's us for the week. That is, Garth. Look, we had the most amazing time. It was great to catch up with so many old friends, but also to meet new friends. There was quite a few new people there. And I tell you what... It looked like they were having a pretty good time. Of course, our competition winners, you heard from them, they had an absolute blast. Again, they've been talking about it and being grilled about it by their friends on Facebook, I've seen. Ron and Eileen had an absolute blast and are definitely going to try and get back again. Before we go, just remember about the book competition. Two copies up for grabs, one for an international listener, one for an Australian listener, and all the details you need to know are on the Facebook post. You can find it easily. Gorgeous picture of you and Leon holding up the book, Garth. It is a gorgeous picture. And one thing that we probably don't do enough, which I'm going to do right now, Mm. is promote the fact that we have merch. Mm. Now, we made a decision to actually sort of make a post about it. And lo and behold, we've sold quite a few T-shirts and jumpers and those kinds of things. So if you are interested and wanting to support us, and thank you very much if you do, jump onto Redbubble, search for Dice Men Cometh, Choose your uh, merchandise of choice. That's right. You've got t-shirts, hoodies. Uh, I think there's even coffee mugs and stickers. Perhaps. I've got a coffee mug. Yeah. And uh, I've got yeah. a hoodie and some t-shirts. They're just so high quality. They are. And they look beautiful. Anyway, let's end the episode there because I'm sure we've gone over time. We'll be back soon enough with an, a whole episode about, as we said, the highlights, the lowlights, the, all the fabulous games we played at BorderCon. But until then... There were lowlights? There weren't. Okay. I just said it um but anyway we're gonna go thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again shortly absolutely 357 out You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au 
for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicebencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.